Crimson Tower Studios. Welcome to the Old World Podcast, the original podcast bringing you both discussion and actual play in Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay 4th Edition. I'm one of your hosts, Lance, and I'm joined today, as always, by my co-host, Matt. How you doing, Matt? I'm doing okay, Lance. A bit exhausted from the festivities yesterday, but I'm, I'm doing okay. Excellent, excellent. Well, this is a bonus episode, so uh, we're going to be talking Gen Con in just a second. But before we get started and we dive into all that excitement at Gen Con, we'd like to take a moment and acknowledge the pain that many are currently suffering. Within the last 24 hours of this recording, two separate communities within the U.S. have suffered two acts of great evil. One of the reasons we do this podcast is because we strongly believe that games can bring all people together in positive ways. No matter your beliefs or political leanings, we can all agree that these acts are nothing but cowardice, and our hearts go out to those who are affected. Okay, so let's talk Gen Con. This is a Gen Con bonus episode. I'm super excited. We only got to go for one day this year. Yeah. I, I think we decided, we all decided, like, yeah, never again. We're going to need to make it more than one day. <laughs> yeah, This. Uh, so this is our second annual Gen Con what, pilgrimage? Pilgrimage. Wanna, I like that. Gotta, no, pilgrimage is good. Yeah. So sec, second annual trip to Gen Con, and we, yes, last year we went for all four days. This year we went for just one, and I can say with some certainty, one day is not enough. No, no, it is Trying not. Trying to pack in meetings and events all while taking the opportunity to go through the exhibitor hall. Yeah. It's just a lot to do in one day, and I, I know I my body is a wreck right now. Right, right. I, uh... For for those of you, if you if you ever get an opportunity to go to Gen Con, uh, my recommendation is, I mean, hey, if if one day is all you can swing, then yeah, don't miss it. Oh, Ex- don't get me wrong, it it was absolutely worth it. I I yeah. had such a great time yesterday. Got to meet so many great people mm-hmm. and see things and buy things and uh, yeah, it was an excellent excellent day. But I think we have for our our purposes, uh-huh. we need. We need more. We need, we need more. We yeah. need two days minimum. Minimum. Absolute minimum. Yeah. yeah. So it's so much fun. And we, I, so one of the downsides is, is we didn't get to play as many yeah. games as we did last year. We essentially didn't play anything. Yeah. Like hardly anything at all. And, and it's, and it was still a great experience. If that tells you anything, we yeah. went to Gen Con, barely played games and we still had a great time. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I, I definitely, I think one of the things for Gen Con for me too is I want to experience other games and stuff too. So um, definitely next year. Yeah. So so I think right out of the gate, we will take this opportunity to congratulate the Cubicle 7 team. Oh, yeah. Graham Davis, Andy Law, T.S. Lucart. I am missing dozens of people that need to be named. You can probably help me out here. Oh, Lance. yeah. Andy Leesk, Lindsay Law um are, are additional writers that that are also credited there i don't have my rule book with me there's there's a there's a few more yeah um so well, dominic well, mcdowell obviously yes right yep. so cubicle seven won the any uh this past friday night the gold medal for best writing in a role-playing game which is a huge accomplishment and huge. as as well deserved as as any award i can think because they really they did such a great job putting this rule book together it is expertly written, and I'm very glad that they got some recognition for that. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely, it was definitely uh, well deserved. Like you yeah. said, it was. Uh, I was so excited to see that because I mean, we already knew that it was yeah. so well written. It's 
So when you you combine dark humor into, I, it was just well done. Yeah, it was really well done. So yep. so congratulations, congratulations to everybody involved. Absolutely. So uh, we actually we got oh man we, so we got to talk to a lot of those a lot of them were at Gen Con right? yeah um uh, you know Andy Law was there uh, you know obviously Dominic McDowell was there yeah. T S Graham T S Graham yeah they were they were all there we got to do uh, we and we we're going to talk about this in a second but there was a, a seminar there's a couple seminars we, we did one with Graham Davis um, which was a really interesting kind of breakdown on how to how did we describe it like so a, yeah he we together as the uh, the people attending the seminar and Graham Davis all collectively developed a a mini adventure essentially just by getting uh, Graham would ask for input from the people in the seminar and together we developed this really interesting uh, adventure module essentially right. and we got to to get a glimpse into how Graham develops them which I thought was really fascinating. Right. And yeah, so that was the first seminar we did. Right. And well, and that was, and just to, to, that was actually in the style of Night at the Three Feathers. Yeah. So like with the kind of the timestamps and stuff. And, and I just wanted to say, cause there was some really, really cool stuff that we came up with that on that. Um, so this is basically think a, a Night at the Three Feathers, um, idea, except it takes place, um, in a garden of more, right? So like a during graveyard a, during a funeral, during yeah. a funeral and, and hijinks ensue. And my absolute favorite part of what we came up with was that there is a halfling who is like disguised as a baby or child um, in order to like extort like yeah, money. Who's actually an assassin? It was yeah. who's also an assassin. <laughs> it was just it was so awesome. Yeah, um, it was it was so cool. I was actually kind of sad. He's like, "Yep, this is." This is, you know, where this never gets sold or anything. I'm like, dang, I want you to publish yeah. this adventure. It sounds awesome. So, and what was the the other seminar that you attended was the Cubicle Seven News seminar. Yeah, that news site. Oh man, and there is a ton that uh, I I want to go over on that for sure. Um, I mean, they obviously talked a lot besides Warhammer, right? They talked about Wrath and Glory. There's a yeah. lot of really cool stuff in there. I'm excited for Wrath and Glory. I'm uh, I'm waiting for the reprint to come from Cubicle Seven. Yeah. I'm going to pick that up. Uh, and then, of course, the One Ring, and uh, and and I know that we're a Warhammer podcast, but they released pictures of a special edition, second edition One Ring, and it's like this green book with like raised lettering, with like the you know the the writing of the 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 One Ring, like in a circle, right? Like the yeah, and you're an Elvis or whatever. Your oh. wallet in your pocket <sighs> while you were sitting there started to weep. I was in because the, it knew. It's like, come on. I was uh, in the seminar, and I think I said like out loud when that picture came up, and it was a special distance. I'm like, oh, I hate you guys. I think I said, like, and everybody laughed because they all knew, like, yeah, yeah son of a biscuit, I'm gonna have to buy that too. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so we we've, we've got plenty of news coming out of that seminar that we will get to in a bit. The so our day yesterday started. We basically made a beeline straight for the Cubicle Seven booth. Yeah. Yeah. And it was the morning after the Any Awards, so. Mm-hmm. We got there. We got to see all their medals. I love that 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 they get an actual physical yeah wear I, around your neck medal. That's really neat. I, like I all these years, I've looked into Ennies and and talked about them and stuff. I had no idea. Yeah. Like so, I don't know if I've just been missing that or not paying attention to the photos or what. But I'm like, oh, you get medals. That's cool. Yeah, super <laughs> neat. Yeah. So yeah, they were all in good spirits because oh, of that. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, we got to when we got to the booth, we got to meet Andy Law for the first time. Yeah, that, that was, was awesome. Great. 
let me tell you about Andy Law for a second. This guy is as positive and as outgoing and as excited about Warhammer as anybody I have ever met. I, mean, I don't know. Really, T.S. Him and yeah, T.S., he, man, yeah. I, I bet you put them in a room together and just said, talk yeah, Warhammer. Pop, it would be- yeah, pop some popcorn, get a drink, <laughs> sit back, make sure you go to the bathroom beforehand because you, <laughs> I mean, get them going. You could you potentially have hours worth of, <laughs> of hilarious content just listening to him talk. Right. But yeah, so he, uh, Andy Law, of course, is the head producer on Warhammer 4th Edition. Mm-hmm. And he, they had copies of Rough Nights, oh. uh, final copies of Rough Nights and Hard Days, not for sale, just a couple copies there uh, for people to look at. And whew, it, that is a beautiful book. So, so first off, I want to mention this so we don't forget. Uh, they are in the U.S. warehouse. They confirmed that when we were there. Yeah. So York, if you pre-ordered your uh, copy of Rough Nights and Hard Days... It's getting shipped, like they said, in the next week. Yeah. So um, I cannot wait for that to come in. And and uh, yeah, so that's that's nearly here if you're a U.S. person. Um, but the, they have the, and this is the thing, I like the, the raised lettering, like the glossy yeah. raised lettering that's on, you know, like the core book and all yeah. that. Exact same thing. Like yeah. the Rough Nights and Hard Days is raised. It has that same, the, the spine. Which, yeah, so what that confirms for me is that that is going to be a consistent across mm-hmm. all their books. Oh and gosh. that means that all of those books are going to look absolutely immaculate and having a, the, the shelf, you know, a year from now, two years from now, mm-hmm. when we have like 10 or 12 books or more, mm-hmm. they're going to look so good together. Oh, I am. I'm so, so pleased and excited. Yep. Um, yeah. And, and, and of course it's just so different, right? You have the PDF, like just going through in color on the nice paper with the, and of course, uh, the inside covers of it have like the Reichland map again too, yep. which is which is super sweet. So like it's just like, I mean, and and I don't know. You're probably going to be tired of hearing us say this, but the production quality on, yeah. on Fourth Edition is amazing. Cubicle Seven is really good. They are they knocking do. it out of the park. Yeah, I'd I, yeah. I'd be hard pressed to to claim that any any other company is is putting out as top notch of a product is this I yeah mean, especially on everything. a consistent basis yeah. with just their normal i mean this is a normal right this isn't like the special edition yeah. of rough nights hard days it, it's a normal product run yep. and it looks great yep one of the things that andy talked about for a little bit was the attention to detail that goes into every aspect not just the content that's in there but even the layout making sure that it is as easy to read and as consistent and as concise as possible he grabbed another book that was nearby and flipped them both open rough nights and hard days and this other book and pointing out how the lengths that they go to make sure that it is as good, as good as possible. Like paragraphs, not that paragraphs don't yeah. jump from one page to the next that you don't have to, you know, a sentence doesn't stop on page, you know, 34 continue on page 35 that they do everything they can to ensure that that isn't the case so that the readability is, is top notch. Yeah, and and I, and I never, you know, it's like those are things I'm, you don't really consider. I, right, and looking right. at it now, it it actually kind of reminds me of our Sam Manley episode, where there's so many things that looking at art or looking mm-hmm. at the layout of the book, you don't necessarily think about it. Right, it's there, but you don't. It's not top of mind. But now that I, I'm more aware of it, or was made mm-hmm. aware of it, now I'll see it more often. And right, it's it's really. So now it's I really think great. the problem is, is now I'm doomed for any like role playing book I ever look at from now on. Yeah. I'm going to look, does this paragraph go over to the next right. page or something like it's, but it, that attention to detail. And, and we talked to uh, Andy again later too. 
and uh, at, at length about just the passion that he puts in. And, and we've talked about this in the past, right, where they care a lot about taking like all the kind of different written versions of histories and like, how do we write this so that they're all true? Yeah. Right. So we're not invalidating anyone's like great work that they liked or whatever. Like, and, and they just, I mean, the, and he talked at length about the amount of detail they go into with the maps and with getting things approved yep. and making sure the product is beautiful. And it's just, just, a, I can say very clearly having met Andy law in person and talking to him about many, many things, including advantage, um, that, uh, that, the helm of this ship is in good hands. Yeah. Yep. Another great example of the attention to detail in the starter set. And if you have this at home, pull it out and, and you can, you can look and uh, see exactly what we're talking about here. The attention to detail when it comes to like the layouts of the city, we've mentioned this before and some of our guests have talked about it as well, but he, he pulled out the map of Uber's Reich that, uh, that comes in the in the starter set along with the uh, Uber's Reich Adventures and the uh, adventure book that's in there, and every single building in that city are not just haphazardly thrown in. They are actual buildings that have been designed in this world, and they are where they are. So he mentioned that they have a developer build for Vermintide that lets them literally mm-hmm. zoom around, fly around in this city, and so that they can get all those those details just right. So on the, the panoramic cover of those two books, you are overlooking the river that runs through the center of the city. There's a bridge. You can see the, the Black Rock Castle in the background. And you could, he basically pointed the page. He's like, from where you see, from what you see right here, you're standing on top of this building. Like this, this angle that you're seeing, you are standing right here. You were seeing all of this. That's so cool. And you can see exactly where the bridge goes. The building that is on one side of the bridge, you can see the building on the map. It's all, it's all very thoughtfully laid out to make sure that it there's consistency. So if you play Vermintide, if you play um, fantasy role play, it's if you are familiar with this city in one of those settings, you're going to be familiar with it in the other. Yeah, it's that's just amazing. Like, like so, I I knew some of that stuff, but when he's like. Yeah, we're, you're standing on this building. Like it's specific, it's specific enough that when you developed this, you knew what building you were standing on and yep. looking out over the city. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. Yep. And the so the map of the Reichland, every single little tiny little um, keep that's printed on there is its own little town. Right. So, you know, and we we have even in the starter set we have multiple maps that show different. Um, the, the that area from different uh, heights or from different perspectives that it I mean the amount of detail that has gone into the creation of this world and those maps is astonishing and honestly at the end of all of this years and years and years from now they could combine that potentially into a almost like Google Earth style map yeah where you could start way high and just see the Reichland as a whole and then zoom down all the way to a specific building, to like a street view practically. Right. Because of the the attention to detail that's going into it. Yeah, and one of the things too, um, I was talking to Andy Law about kind of the maps and stuff, is that the amount of attention to detail that he has in that map, he on his he's already, he's like, I have that, that attention to detail for the entire 
empire. Yeah. Like he's done it all, right? It might not yet be approved by Games Workshop or whatever. It's it's in his head. It's in the computer, but he has it. And it's not like, so I'm just, so my, my thing is, is how big of a poster, I'm going to need a wall size poster yeah. to get my map of the empire. And I'm still not going to have the resolution yep. <laughs> that you can get down to. You're going to walk into Office Depot someday and be like, I need to print this map. Yeah. Um, okay, sir. What size would you like? Oh, how 12 size? by yeah, 12 <laughs> by 25 feet. If that could, right. if you could manage that. Yeah, it's, it's legit. So I'm, I'm it's super excited. Just yeah. that amount of detail. But um, obviously, Andy Law is not the only person we talked to. Yeah. Um, we uh, we also talked to Tim Korkluski, and uh, he is uh, North American Sales for Cubicle yeah. 7. And uh, he actually had a ton of cool stuff to talk about, too. Um, one of the things that he was talking about is just kind of how they're kind of working to move forward to, like, develop the hobby. You know, yeah. you know if he's from the sales, and he does the sales and shipping for, for North America and all this. But like just talking, he's supporting like uh like you know your FLGS right, and you know uh, they are in the works on working. And Dominic kind of also said this later on, right? They're currently testing stuff out. They want to be careful they don't get ahead of themselves, right? Um, you know, and kind of like over promise and under deliver on anything. But they're currently working to do uh, like support for like uh, stores yeah. and events, almost and like. I don't know if I would say organized play, but essentially trying to get more games right. that are happening at your local store. Right, right. So that, and that if you're listening to us right now, you you know you may either be a player or a GM, but if you if you aren't one of those and you want to get into it, there's a there's a, a large barrier to entry right there, a huge commitment for somebody to to buy the products, to learn all of it, and then at that point you're the GM, and you've got to find players. Well, if if that's not feasible in your situation go to your local game store talk to the people there talk to the owner and see if you there's certainly more people in your community that would be interested in playing and that is such a valuable resource and one that we don't talk about enough we really don't yeah and 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 the the thing is is cubicle seven cares like my my conversation with tim he was just passionate about like supporting the game stores right you know you know, making sure that, you know, the hobby community lives and, and for, for all hobbyists. And I'm, uh, I'm just, I was so excited to hear that. And that was echoed by Dominic as well. And, um, it, it just, uh, it's just exciting, right? I can't wait to see what kind of things they come out with in the next year with, uh, you know, with those kind of, that kind of support. So it's, uh, it was definitely, that was really sweet. You know, obviously, we we also got to talk with uh, T.S. Lucard as well. Um, again, and he's doing a bunch of Age of Sigmar stuff. Obviously, if you're not already aware, he's like one of the main writers, um, and uh, we got some information on that too. Um, That's always good to see T.S. Yeah, T.S. He's is, such a great guy. Yeah, and then of course, and then we finally. So if you if you listen to us, you know we picked up like that first edition, yeah, core rulebook for for yeah. What was it in back in March? Yeah. Uh, around then, yeah, we we happened across a Graham confirmed that that was a first printing of that. Yeah, and it, it was like like a an absolute miraculous find that we happened across yeah. that. So it uh, we we finally got it adorned with the signature from the man himself. Oh man, this is so cool! Now now I got to go buy one of those glass protector cases yeah. for it. Yeah, I probably <laughs> should get like a, a plastic something slip uh, sleeve for it just to yeah. make sure that it doesn't get. Uh, or but like it's a, just, or like a safety. A like man strong in arms. box, man at arms. Yeah, 
Yeah. A armed guard that stands by it at all times. Stand, standing security. Yeah. yeah, that was legit as well. Yeah. So I, we talk a little bit more now about the Graham Davis right, so the, uh, seminar. The seminar, right. So we talked a little well, bit about it. Actually, before that, we might want to mention that, uh, Lance, you had a bit of a close call with a Dr. Pepper ah. that was thoroughly shaken and about uh, two inches away from from potentially ruining one of the few copies of Rough Nights and Hard Days so, that, was, that was present. Okay, so first off, here here's our first installment of Gen Con Tips. We probably are going to do an episode on this. Yeah, I that's think. the, oh yeah, yeah, yeah con- convention going convention tips. Convention going sure. tips or whatever. But first off, Gen Con Tips 101, um, really think twice about bringing a pop in your bag. You're yeah. moving around, you're jostling with you're people. You're walking, it's bouncing. It's, it's all over the <clears throat> So I have this Dr. Pepper, and I'm standing like right near like the starter set they oh, have yeah. all laid you are, out. You are, and at, at most you are two feet away from a right. fully laid out starter set and, and an open copy of Rough Nights. Rough and Nights Hard and Days. Hard Days. The, the, so like one of their like show, I think they had two there, yeah. right? And it was like, and so I opened my pop to take a drink. I hadn't opened it yet, and it exploded. well, and you were loaded. The problem was you were looking away, like you were looking <laughs> over at the booth, and you didn't have eyes on it, and. And uh, I was standing right in front of you, and just the uh, the fervor at which you cracked that open, there was no turning back at that point. And sure enough, like within a split second, it was. And it was so. Is one of the, so I'm pretty proud of myself here. First off, like, oh, I, I don't. I've never seen a man react so quickly. <laughs> so I basically so this thing is just spewing out pop, and it, like within a, a split second, I realized that oh my gosh. I can't, this can't get on any of Cubicle Seven's beautiful product, right? And so I just like double over. Yeah. Like I double over and fall to to the ground. Yeah. Go to my knees and like basically hug this pop as I'm trying (laughs) to, trying to like, so it is all over me. Yeah. It was, I had to go back to the car and like I'm taking my shirt off. I have a bottle of water that I'm basically taking a shower in the, in the parking lot. And there's like somebody on the parking lot that watched you like, Taking a bath in a parking lot. It was. It was oh, so. Boy. I, it was lucky I had an extra shirt in the car and everything, and the car wasn't too far. We got close parking yeah. this year. That was nice. And uh, who man? But what, hey, what no, a, no pop got that's on right, not Cubicle Seven stuff. I was like, I was sitting there. I'm like, oh man, I just met Andy Law, and now he's gonna hate me yeah. forever. And yeah, I just had this great, <laughs> great talk with the guys there, and uh, yeah. It would have oh. been too perfect, though, right? Like, oh, hey, guys, so sorry we accidentally spilled all this soda right, I guess on I'll one have of the to copies of it. Rough Nights. We'll just take it. That's fine. Our bad. Yeah, man. Oh, No, we were able to avoid any destruction of property, yeah. thankfully. Yeah, that was... <laughs> Woo! So, <laughs> all right, so Graham Davis's thing, right? So yeah. we already talked a little bit about it. Uh, there was a lot of really cool stuff that we talked about on it. And I, I wanted to touch base, so like we came up with seven subplots, kind of yep. like it's the same format. Yeah. So the kind of the way that he he described his process when he does a adventure like this, he wants to develop the plots or no the setting first, right? Then the plots, then the timeline, and those those are the three steps or like the three main steps to develop a, an adventure that functions the way like uh, Rough Night at the Three Feathers, right? Okay, so the setting we so the setting that we talked about that we came up with was the the Garden of Moor, which with a funeral, and we already mentioned that, which is really cool. There are a lot of other cool ideas um, that everybody was. Yeah, he around. essentially asked what what is a location where you'd have a lot of people that would congregate and people from potentially different different statuses, walks of life, different species, even right. So, like 
There's a few that got mentioned. A market, a, a temple, a theater. A, a uh, ship, I think. Yeah. yeah. But ultimately, yeah, we picked funeral. And I, I, that, that was the one that stood out to me like, that would be a really fun place to have a right. have an adventure, a little module. Yeah, for sure. And then, uh, of course, we came up with a ton of ideas. Like we talked it through. So the next step was after the setting, um, and and we actually expounded on the setting too. Like we did it later, but he says he normally does it before. He will draw out a map and kind of figure out the layout, and it'll help him develop the story. Uh, but man i mean obviously we probably don't go through this whole entire thing but yeah. some of the some of the high points of this was like a, a necromancer had died and like his apprentice was going to try to raise him from the dead yeah there was an amethyst wizard that was also there it did i mean it was a, a very open brainstorming session almost right. so there was a lot that that honestly by the end there were so many moving parts that it was a little confusing to keep track of all of it but the understanding the process to which you could you could write an adventure like that was really like the what I took away from this. Right. So there was also a a contested will yeah. that a mistress was there. The mistress had a child with her, which turned out to be a, a, a halfling, halfling yeah, in disguise. Halfling assassin, yeah. And then also the uh a rival funeral. Like yeah. so two funerals trying to like fight over yeah. it. And so like at some point we were talking like the the PCs are trying to steal like yep. drugs, which they're are thieves. hidden in a casket. Yeah. So they're trying to swap out caskets and yeah, they were talked about trying to have like almost like a shell game going on, right? With, of with, with the three, caskets, yeah. yeah. It, it 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 was really awesome. Smugglers were involved, yeah. and yep. yeah. So by the end of it, uh, you know, once we got through writing out the different, uh, you know, getting the setting, writing out the different plot points, then it was the timeline, and he right. talked about doing setting it up in fifteen minute increments. And starting by just making sure that you have down how the well, how the funeral would go if nothing happened. Right. If it was just a funeral, how long would the the procession take? How long would the ceremony take? How long would the the actual burial? All those different things. And from there, that's when you can start adding in these different things. Yeah. So essentially, you come up with a mini timeline for each of the seven storylines, and then the events that happen. And then you plug them all together, and then adjust as needed to make things fun or funny or you know whatever. So it was pretty cool. Um, you know, obviously we didn't walk away with like a full timeline events or whatever, but yeah. there's enough there that like we could you know, you know, do up a whole adventure on it. Yeah. And so I, I almost I think I described it when we were walking out. It's like that ended up being almost like a wire, a writer's workshop yeah. for for like a Graham Davis you know Night at the Three Feathers style yeah. you know adventure, which was cool. While we were in that seminar too, we got to meet one of our patrons, actually John McDonald. Yeah, really cool was guy. There, you know, we took a minute, we talked to him after the fact. John, it was great meeting you. Thank you again for being a patron of ours. And and that's not the only person that we met throughout the show, but that uh, it was really it's uh, definitely great meeting all of you the old worlders out there. Right, right. He uh he uh and, and apparently and this was cool too. Like he's actually an author, so like he yeah he writes a he he uh, he showed us a book, um, Orphans of Tarnalin. Cool, yeah. But yeah, I'm actually excited to read that. So um you know you can check him out too. And yeah, it was it was it was great to meet him. Uh, and, and for our listeners too, <clears throat> if you, you know, a lot of, a lot of gamers are able to get together every week to play or every other week or even every month, we only get together because of 
our you know busy lives and the the distance between us we only get together to play one month once a month well john and his group they only play together twice a year right over like a long super long weekend so yeah no it's cool though it's, it's describing uh and for the record i finally met someone that plays a huffer in an actual that's game. right yeah. yeah so that was that was cool it was really cool to talk about it's like oh we did the huffer and uh yeah so that was awesome yeah and then uh, of course later on we had the this cubicle seven news uh section and yeah we talked about like I said, Wrath and Glory, One Ring. We talked to touch on some of that stuff, but I mean, you all are here for for Warhammer. So yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I actually didn't go to this seminar. I had uh, wanted to take a little bit more time to be able to go through the exhibitor hall. So Lance, you you can uh, go over some of the stuff that they talked about. Right, right. So um, there's there's several things that they they discuss as far as Warhammer goes. Uh, first off, they they kind of touched on based on all the product that they've already announced and that they already have out. Um, you know, maybe for some of those people that might not know it or anything. Uh, but they did touch on some things that are kind of like a little, like some additional little bits of new information, like on the GM screen. Um, one of the things that Andy Law said was there are lots of tables for GM shenanigans in there, which I, I wrote that down like, oh, Matt, Matt's going to be excited about that. Um so Table, uh, yes, tables are wonderful. Right. So best use of rules, best use of advantage. I think those are things that have already been announced. That's yeah. going to be in the GM screen stuff. Yep. Confirmed that it's going to include. I think you said a thirty-page booklet as well. That's going to have other GM tips right. and advice. Right. And then the artwork on it too um, has. Uh, I can't remember who told me this. It might have been Andy Law or, but I know there are little. If you look at it, it might have been TS. But if you look at the. The artwork, once it comes out, there are like pieces of all four editions that are kind of mm. like painted into this art. And the artwork's by Sam Manley. It's amazing. All of them were talking about how great it was. And and I can't wait to see it because we, we haven't seen the full art of it yet. Yeah. Right. We've only seen like the one, essentially one panel. So one fourth of it. And apparently like all of the characters from the, uh, you know, the starter set and stuff are all in there as yeah. well. And so I can't wait to look at it. It sounds yeah. like it's just going to be an amazing piece to like just. This is this is probably for both of us. I could speak for myself at least that this is the most anticipated product oh, since yeah. the core book, and the first piece that I would say is is all but mandatory to purchase. Right, and actually it was really interesting too. So Dominic was going through this and he was talking about um, GM screens in general. So apparently, and, and he didn't go into details, but apparently Cubicle 7 had some sort of major issue with like, and I have no idea what the issue was, like it was production or, or something. They had to, sounds like they had to go back to Grindboard on some of their like GM screen stuff or whatever, which is what's been causing the huge delays in them getting GM screens going, right? So like they have a very well-oiled process for putting out books of great quality, but for whatever reason, the process that they had for the GM screens was not functioning right, and they had to make some major changes. And uh, so uh, that's cool. Um, I mean, it's just cool that – and Dominic was very, like, straightforward on stuff, too. It was really nice to, you know, hey, here's the thing. Like, if, if I can tell you about it, I will. If I can't, I can't, you know. And stuff like even a lot of questions about the 40K stuff, and a lot of his response was like, hey, we just got this. That sounds awesome. Yeah. You know. I'll let, you know, right now we're working on this and this, but that's not, that's a cool idea, right? Like, you know, we might not have like done that or stay tuned. Just a reminder. We just picked this up. Like, so, 
um, with uh, with the GM screen though. So I, I can't wait. Obviously, that's coming later this year. And actually, man, let's say September October is when it's supposed to be hitting. So it's not that far away. Yeah. Um. Uh. Anyway, they um, also mentioned that Enemy in Shadows is is right at the very very end of of getting that final layer of polish on it. Yes. Um. So we should. Like Andy I think it should absolutely expect it's completely the, done and at waiting for approval yeah, from GW. That the the yeah. PDF of that he said if it's not out by the end of the month then there was some some massive issue that uh, that's right. stopping it. But he had every gave us every indication that we'll have a PDF for Enemy in Shadows within right. the next few weeks. And actually on that too, Enemy. So the the pre order that they have for the collector's edition of like the Enemy in Shadows and stuff. Um, so someone had asked, how long is that going on for? And the response is, at least a month, right? We're going to do it as long as we can, but at least a month. So if you've still been on the fence about whether you're going to get like part or all of the books as collector's edition or whatever, sounds like you got a few weeks to, to make a decision. Yeah. Um, I'm sure they'll give warning before they just Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, down, I would but... expect that we'll, we'll know when that deadline's going right. to be. But yeah, just know that you your your opportunity to get the, in on that pre-order that window is closing it's, it's closing yeah yep. and then uh so is enemy and shadows they talked about you know all the extra stuff that goes along with it too so like for example um the appendices on bogenhofen right so apparently that's been written by andrew Leesk, uh and it's it's all again all polished and ready to go um he's he basically said kind of expect the same level of detail if, with uber's reich like or similar level as in bogenhofen and uh, I can't wait for that because Bogenhofen has already been like a setting that's been gone over, same as Ubersreich. But when we got our Ubersreich stuff, it was like, dang, next level, right? So I can't wait. I can't wait to see that as well. And he talked about the companion, uh, you know, again, stuff that we're normal, uh, traveling rules, adventures, cults, roads, and the empire and all that. Graham Davis, too, actually told us again, you know, he kind of mentioned again, because I think he mentioned this when he was in last on the show as well, like, you know, he had wrote a ton for for like the rules on the road and stuff like that. So much that it was way more than they could use or whatever. So we're gonna really be getting some awesome stuff. It sounds like yeah. Oh, you know another thing too. Uh, and he uh, so Andy was talking about the death on the Reich. Uh, you know the companion and all that. And he's like talking about all the different things in here. And so one of the things I wrote down that he said is pimp your barge. <laughs> so. Um, you know, there's going to be rules for like upgrading your, your bards and boats on the river and stuff like that, you know, make it very your own. So I, cause I think of this here and I think like, oh man, so I can millennium Falcon my bards like, mm. or what's that going to be like? And so he actually said, yeah, we spent way too much time <laughs> on, on doing this. And he's like, but it's awesome. It was nice. You know, so I can't wait to see those rules. Yeah. Um, we did, I think I, I might've asked three times if we could do a tarot tarot card set based on that art. Somebody else in the, the, in the session asked it as well. Um, so we, we got the polite, we got to keep working at it. Yeah. The like, okay. So man, I don't see, but if they, if they do do that, I think that'll be, they'll probably pull that out as some huge surprise. And I, I definitely got the sense that ain't something that's coming soon if it's coming at all. But, but I'm going to keep asking because I really want it. Like, man, yeah. So, what you gonna do? Yeah. Lots of stuff to go over. Yeah. So, um, so uh, <coughs> next 
campaigns directly will be from the enemy within. So, so here's the thing. Andy Law gave us this broad brushstroke picture. Now, some of this isn't going to be new to anyone, but it was really interesting to have him talk about. So once the enemy within is done, they're going to move on to doing um, like, you know, campaigns and adventures that are focused, like they have a very specific way they're doing this. And so the way he essentially described this is right. Once you go on from the enemy within, there'll be like a swath of the, like kind of the rest of the empire to Marienburg, to Albion, to Althen, to the New World. And it's just... So what that tells me is we're going to get all sorts of awesome elf stuff. We're going to get Albion supplement of some yeah. kind. Like a focus, the New World, Lustria, yep. hopefully Nagaroth as well. I'd like to get both. Well, and what's really neat about this too is that this can... You could run it as a... a massive campaign. Oh, like right. a multi-year campaign. Or you could just take, you know, don't not do enemy or the enemy within and just start with whatever the next one is. They could be adventures like contain adventures within right. themselves or you could have it be this gigantic overarching thing. Right. And you know, and one of the cool things too that that he talked about was you know, with a lot of their supplements and books it's it's going to make sense along with the campaign material they're releasing. So if you think about the enemy within, right? So we have uh, the uh, what's the third one? Enemy, uh, not enemy in shadows. A uh, power behind power the, throne. the throne. Yeah. Right. So power behind the throne. The companion book is going to have a ton of stuff about Mindheim. Right. We already know that. Um, like are in the Midland adventures in Midland, um, and they they confirmed we're going to have full on rules for like creating Midlanders as characters instead yeah. of Reichlanders. Yeah. And it's, yep. And I forget his exact words because he used some some English British like a, terms. Like or the difference between a Dornishman and a Welshman. Or yeah, something, something like, that, like right? that. Yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, so it's gonna be uh, so it's gonna be unique. I'm very excited about that. I'm glad to hear that. I'm hoping that means that we have we end up with like full on character creation rules for all the provinces of the empire. Yeah, that would be sweet. Well, and I wonder again. I wasn't even present at this, but it does make me think about a couple things. I wonder how much if there's going to be much difference other than potentially a, a different subset of starting skills and talents and maybe slightly different attributes, right? Or, or if it's going to go out even more to like, they would start with different trappings and things. Yeah. But even a different subset of, of ta- skills and talents could, could make for a completely different starting human character which oh, is really neat absolutely and it's what i expect because second edition said so, did something similar but they the the differences were slight um in sigmar's heirs uh they they did that but the the, the potential with the way that fourth edition is built is you could really have some very unique characters that still are very human but are different based on what region of the empire yeah. you're from so yeah I, I i cannot wait to to see that and to see what's going on with that um, so, so one of the things too, right. For, for all this is as, as we make these supplements, right. They're going to make sense for where they are. Right. And so through the example he sent is like, cool, here's this Kislev supplement. Uh, never mind that you're down here doing the enemy within campaign and Kislev is like half world away basically or whatever. It's how does that help you as a GM? Right. And he's like, but if the like campaign adventure thing that you're running is going that way, then it makes sense to have a companion book that, you know covers that area or whatever so it sounds it's just like kind of a smart way to do it right like um you know instead of 
here's a bunch of source books for different areas that you're, you know, if you're running the campaigns that we're putting out, isn't going to be super helpful to you, you know, but if they make sense with what we're releasing. So it's just kind of, I almost, it almost feels like, Hey, if you want, we're going to send you on this epic, massive, several campaign worldwide adventure, and we'll take you around the world. And as we do it, we're going to give you all the source and fun stuff, you know, step yep. by step. So, so it's cool. And I have no idea. I mean, he didn't get much. I mean, we're doing a lot of supposition here or whatever, but it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know what that looks like. So are we going to have like how many of these campaigns might be five books long, might be one book long, you know, yeah. you know, we don't know, depending like they might be different. I imagine that, you know, Albion, for example, could be one book in a four book campaign that has a tied together story or something. You yeah. just don't know. Also mentioned that there's going to be more PDFs. We, I don't know if we've, mm-hmm. we've, we've mentioned it on our main show yet or not, but there was another PDF that just dropped, um, Mad Men of, adventure. Yeah. Mad Men of Go, Go theme or something yeah. like that. So it, that that's, that's going to be something that's going to continue. We don't know the specifics on what, content is going to be be in there but that is not going to be something that they're going to stop doing right one of the things that uh, andy law did talk about in there was with pdfs is so some of the stuff we asked about like well what kind of additional content there's additional content and things that they're excited to get out there but they're not ready for full supplements so we will see pdf releases with different and and and, and they did not go into much detail on this at all but basically different uh rule sets and information things that we might want and that will will come out and then potentially later on those might be polished up and stuff and put into like books and things like that so i'm not entirely sure what that looks like and 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 we got so little information on it but essentially what it came down to the the piece i walked away with is pdfs with rules and things that you want will be coming and it sounds like it'll once they're kind of done with the Uber's Reich Focus PDF set that they're working on, um, there'll be additional additional ones. So yeah, it's going to be awesome. Uh, also, they did talk about a Middenheim book, which we know from you know it was revealed in Rough Nights and Hard Days when we're like, wait a second, this is referencing a book that doesn't exist yet, right? Um, that's coming out. Uh, they did confirm that that should come after Power Behind the Throne, but before the Horned Rat. Um, and then a book, a full book on Altdorf. Again, this is not a surprise. Um, it's been teased at on uh, UKGE. Um, and uh, if you are part of the special uh, you know, group, if you pre-ordered the special edition of the Enemy Within, you're getting the developer diaries. That has also been you know, kind of announced in there. Um, but now you know, they talk about it openly here at the, uh, at, the, at the seminar stuff. So that Altdorf book is coming after empire and ruins and I actually talked to andy a lot about like the map well, how are you going to do the map with uh shifting colleges and stuff and and we had a nice fun discussion about that so um i can't wait i'm 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 almost more excited for the altdorf book than i am the middenheim book mm. don't get me right wrong like me city of the white wolf baby i cannot wait to get that but like if you're asking me right now like man which of those two books would you want in your hand right now like man i want altdorf yeah i do but um, yeah, it's 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 awesome. Both of them are going to be legit. They, they talked about it. So one of the things I really took away from this Gen Con and and with Cubicle Seven and Warhammer is that they they have no intention of taking their foot off the gas. 
right. that when it comes to Warhammer fourth edition, they already have easily more than a dozen books that are in the pipeline that are being, you know, worked on completed, which means we're going to ha- have so much to utilize in our games. I I'm so excited about this. It's yeah. really exciting that we're only you know, at this point right now, we only have, we personally only have the core book and the starter set as physical things that have been right. released. Right. But by this time next year, we may have 10 or 12 books right. or more. <laughs> right. That have been released. And it's, it's very exciting. It's an exciting right. time to be a part of this community. Mm-hmm. And the, the future is very bright. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I may need a wallet, wallet ec to me when, yeah. when this is all done, but, uh, it's, it's definitely gonna be awesome. So man, I, I, I think, I think that might cover everything that, that we're looking for. Um, I mean, Gen Con was awesome, man. Yeah. Um, cubicle seven guys are awesome. They're very personable, very like upfront, absolutely willing to talk to you. Yeah. I mean, every, every last one of them. Yeah. I, I had a great time at Gen Con this year. Got to meet a ton of people and, I I just I love this community so much that the gaming community as a whole, in my experience, has been very inviting and positive. And this, I just I love being a part of it. Right. So I think I said this last time we we did our Gen Con special or whatever, but I'm going to say it again. Um, I was one of those people that like Gen Con was just kind of this. Oh man, one day maybe you know it's, it seemed like such a daunting. Yeah. Like a task to try to do that. It would be more work than fun. And that there's so mm-hmm. many people. It's so busy. It was very busy, but it, I didn't personally feel like it was uncomfortably busy. Oh, like it was no, still like no. they, they do a great job in keeping the aisles wide enough to where, you know, you're going to be bumping into people, but it's not like you're packed in there. Like, yeah. Sentence. Yeah. And it's, it is an experience that if you are a gamer, especially a gamer that likes role-playing or board games, um, Honestly, now Gen Con covers so much of that, but I mean, I, like we're very serious. We're gonna we'll have to do an episode about like tips for conventions and yeah. stuff. Like even if it's a bonus episode, just to give you guys what we've gleaned. Because I can tell you, my second year was much more comfortable than the first. Right, I just didn't know what to expect the first year, but both years, man, I Gen Con is now a thing that is like it, it's going to take some pretty massive issues in my yeah. personal life for me not to go. Yeah. And uh, and I'm just excited. And if you get the chance, I you know, save some money. I I don't think you will be disappointed. You know, do your research beforehand. Make sure you sign up for events. You know, you know, so, so you can get some stuff or whatever. There are a lot of other tips out there. You know, that, so that you can have an enjoyable Gen Con. But it's worth it. Yeah, I highly recommend it. Agreed. I think. I yeah, think, I think that's that it. that about sums it up. It is so, again. Uh, Keep in mind, remember, this is a bonus episode, so this is in addition to our actual plays and our discussions that come out every month, so this won't interrupt our uh, our timeline as far as that goes. Now, we should have another discussion episode that's coming out in the next uh, week or two, and we have yep. a special guest that's going to be on there as long as everything comes through, so just be on the lookout for that. Yep. I, I can say with complete certainty, this is our next discussion episode, if all goes as planned, is not one you will want to miss. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. I guess, I, I mean, I wasn't prepared for this, but I, I guess I'll do my, my normal sign-off. Um, this is Lance saying, I got nothing. I haven't prepared this at all. But I feel like... <laughs> you we, can I, see, you, listeners, yeah. you can see how <laughs> how good we do when right. we're just off the cuff. Right. So, 
Ah, uh, well, this is... All right, so here we go. I'm ready for this. Ready? This is Lian saying, if you go to a garden of more and there are two funerals going on, just walk away. <laughs> yeah, and this is Matt saying, remember, let your soda settle before you open it. <laughs> awesome. This podcast and related website are completely unofficial and are not endorsed by Games Workshop Limited or Cubicle 7 Entertainment. It is intended for educational and informational purposes only. GW Games Workshop, Warhammer, Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay, and all associated logos, illustrations, images, names, creatures, races, vehicles, locations, weapons, characters, and the distinctive likenesses thereof are registered trademarks of Games Workshop Limited, Cubicle 7 Entertainment, or their respective trademark or copyright holders. All original content of this podcast, including any audio or video information, is the intellectual property of the Old World Podcast and Crimson Tower Studios, LLC.